Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Hi, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. I'm Judy Sedgman, and I'm coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where it's a beautiful, sunny, late summer day. And I'm here with my incredibly wonderful friend, Christine Heath. Aloha. It's a beautiful day here, too. Yep. Well, aren't we lucky? Beautiful day in the neighborhood, no matter where we are. That's right. <laughs> 3,000 miles away, yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're going to continue talking about the past. Last uh, episode, we talked about just generally how we get tricked by the past or how what we make of it versus what it really is. And today we want to talk about how this sort of in, got infused into the field of psychology to the point where it started affecting uh, people's perceptions of what was possible in terms of people getting better. And, um, you know, I was thinking about, I was reflecting on this uh, earlier today, and I thought, you know, I worked for a number of years, 10, I think, um, at a women's resource center where a large percentage of our clients were women who were uh, had very troubled lives in their childhood and often were then affiliated with or married to or living with abusive partners. And um, many of them had been through a lot of programs. You know, we offered low cost or free counseling. So we were the last resort, you know, after you ran out of any benefits you had and anybody that would pay, you would come to us. And uh, I can't tell you the number of people that came in. <clears throat> First thing out of their mouth, when you asked them, why are you here? They would say something like, I don't know why I'm here. It's pointless because I'm ruined. I'm destroyed. I've had a terrible past. Nothing good has ever happened to me. It's hopeless. And they would say these things and they would take it so personally and seriously that, you know, that they didn't know what happiness was, that they had never experienced anything good and all the terrible things that happened to them. And then they would say, and I don't know why I keep going to counselors because I keep having to tell the same story and it just bums me out. <laughs> and Nobody can do anything for me. And it was very sad to me because um, I didn't have that traditional training. You know, I sort of came up through the three principles. And to me, so what, you know, today's a new day. Here we are and you're safe and you're here in this pretty building with me and I just fixed just a nice cup of tea or coffee and we're here talking and you're safe and happy and let, let's just be here now and talk about what, what we can do going forward. And they were like, oh, no, no, you don't understand. My mother, blah, blah, blah. And I realized I started calling it the psychology habit that they had been to so many different counselors who had all gone through the same process with them uh, that they were, uh, they just assumed that, that if you weren't doing that, you weren't a good counselor. 
And my, my job was to persuade them, actually, that I could probably help them, even though I might be a little weird to them. You know? <laughs> and, and they would be so chagrined, you know, after, the, after a few sessions, and they realized what the deal was talking to me. They would be so chagrined that they had been so rude when they first came in. And I'd say, that's okay, you're not alone. You know, that's what everybody does. And it's just the psychology habit. And, you know, it, it's, it's innocent, really, how yeah. this happens. Because if you think about it, when people are in distress, they're in their head a lot, right? So they're yeah. in memory, okay? So what comes out of their mouth is what happened to them that they're thinking about, which is usually some kind of trauma or a, a negative perception of whatever, their family, their life, their husband, their wife, their mm-hmm. whatever. And so it appears as if that thing outside of them that happened in the past is what causes their suffering. So you, you can see why people would listen and say, you know, when they first started to even pay attention to thought, I mean, you got to remember that this is back in the day, that it, it was, it's like, okay, people are, a lot of people I see that are depressed, Freud says to himself, um, have had childhood instances where there was some kind of weird sexual thing going on. And of course, then he thought about that and did some other (laughs) that the children were making the parents uh, become sexual with them. And that Mm -hmm. it was this weird thinking when he thought about it, but you can see what happened is people would come in, they're depressed and they'd be talking about what was on their mind and what was on their mind was their past and what happened in their past was painful and hard or difficult or whatever. And so he said, oh, the problem is in the past, but mm-hmm. not have this current insight that we have about how thought works. It seems like it's, it was the content of their thinking, the content of what happened from the past that people would get caught up in. So it's kind of interesting because when psychology doesn't have a shift in understanding, really kind of in terms of the, the, the principle of how we create our psychological uh, reality is that we tend to repeat things over and over again. And un- unfortunately or fortunately, I am so old that I was a therapist in the 70s when we first started to um, have people talk about things like incest or, or rape or domestic violence. And like prior to that, like if you talked about it and you went to a, uh, a, phys- a physician or they didn't have many counselors, most of it was psychiatrists at that time. Psychologists mm-hmm. started getting mix around that time as well. But it was almost like um, this person has um, got a, a diagnosis that makes her so depressed, that makes her this way. So that first kind of like, wait a minute, of course she'd be that way because this was an awful thing that was done to her. That's not her fault. But then we, we kind of get caught up thinking that we had to reprocess whatever trauma or abuse happened in order to be free of it. Even though, like I at, remember at that West Virginia conference that, um, that guy oh, did her oh. study about memory mm-hmm. and what he said is, thing we know for sure is the more you think about something the harder it is to forget and <laughs> so uh, you know me with a big mouth I go up to him and I said so like do you go out and like give presentations to clinicians that are psychologists about not taking people back in the past and he said well, well no why I said well you just said that the more 
you think about something, the harder it is to forget, wouldn't that then preclude taking people back into their past to get over it? And he looked at me like I just came from Mars, you know, and that was kind of the end of that discussion. But, you know, like that's that's the deal is that we live in our own thoughts about how to treat people, about psychology. So now mm-hmm. in one of our groups, our, our uh, Psychology as a Backwards group, so a woman came in and she had seen something on the Internet about um, uh, how she was a victim of uh, trauma and living in, um, uh, having flashbacks from her childhood Mm -hmm. that was affecting her current relationships. Right. And so it seemed like she should go back into the trauma again to fix that. Well, the the problem with that is the more she talked about that, the worse she felt. Right. And then, um, what we, what we're talking about is that you don't have to go back into the sore to fix it. You know, you don't, like if you go to a doctor and you've got a cut, he doesn't stick his finger in and goes, does that still hurt? Let me keep pushing on this and it doesn't hurt anymore, right? Like people, of course, know this, like, let's bandage it up. It'll heal on its own. You know, you got to take care of it, you know, and, and then you'll be okay. Well, that's the same thing with our mind. It's, it's like, it's, it's true that people do horrendous things to each other. That's, that's true as the level of consciousness of the world is still is very, very low. And so, I mean, I'm always amazed at the new story I hear about what people had done to them or that they did to somebody else. But that, whatever that is, that's in your past, unless it's happening as you're listening to this. But, you know, it's like that's in your past. And in order for you to get free of it, you have to see that now it is just a thought. And that what you are is that beautiful energy. Mm-hmm. But when we're taught, you got to focus on what happened to you to get rid of it because look how it's affecting your life. Well, it seems like we should fix the what caused it, the problem, rather than the current state of mind we're thinking in that we may have gotten it to as a result of that problem. But that's what you want to focus on because all of what people are doing with the past is trying to find happiness, trying mm-hmm. to find peace of mind, trying to find security. And none of that comes from memory, FYI, folks. You can't figure <laughs> out how to be happy. And you can go through your past a million times and you will not find happiness there. You'll understand why you're not happy, but that's it. <clears throat> You know, Chris, when I was working with veterans with PTSD, I had this very uh, touching experience uh, with one of the people in my group who had been very quiet. He, he, a lot of guys were sharing things and talking more, but he had been very, very withdrawn. But on this one group, I think uh, I started talking about the fact that we can't change anything that we've done in the past, even if it's something we wish we hadn't. And the only way to get past it is to forgive. And, uh, and I was going to talk about forgiveness and he raised his hand and he said, yeah, well, there's things that are unforgivable, aren't there? And I said, not really, (laughs) because we, you know, I told you about state of mind and so on. And he said, well, let me tell you a story. And then he starts to tell a story about when he was in Iraq, he was a sniper And he was uh, 
shooting people from a distance, from like on top of a building where he would be looking down on the street. And it was dusk, and he saw this shadowy figure emerge from a house that they'd been watching because they thought that there were terrorists in there. And he just shot the person. And then nobody came running out. Nobody nobody came out, and he waited a while, and then his uh, the other people that were on the ground that were part of his unit went to see, you know, who had died. And when they pulled his clothing aside, they realized it was a child. So he came running down from the building and he said, I looked at the face of this child. He said, it was a perfect kill. I shot him right in the heart. And he said, I looked at the face of this child and I saw my son. And I thought, oh my God, I, I, it's like I shot my own son. He's, he's, a, he's a kid just like my son. And he said, how am I supposed to forgive that? And I said, you have to go farther back in the past to forgive it, to realize that when you got your gun out and put this figure in your sights, what were you thinking? He said, I thought it was a terrorist. I thought it was one of the guys we were trying to track down because we thought they were in that house. And I said, so you really shot the terrorist because you couldn't tell who it was from where you were standing. You were doing your job. And it was only after you realized what the truth was. And I started talking about other examples of things from the past we thought were one thing and then they turned out to be another, like your cat story from last week. And I said, you know, I know it's awful and I know it's painful and I'm sure you deeply regret it. But moment to moment, we can only do what we see to do. And often when we make mistakes that haunt us, the moment before that mistake wouldn't haunt us. You know, because at the time it looked like the right thing to do until we found out afterwards what it really was. And I said that you you have to be able to forgive the fact that we make mistakes. You don't have to go too deeply into it just to realize that you made a mistake. And it's a mistake you could not possibly have anticipated given the information that you had when you made it. And he said, yeah, but, but I killed a child. And I said, I know. And you can't change that. But you don't have to ruin your life because that child's life is gone. And you still have a child that looks to you to be a father and to be part of his life. And you can, the only way you can make that better for yourself is to, to give your child all your love. And, you know, he sat there. He, he got very quiet again and the class went on and everything. And he came up to me after the class and he said, so you don't think I'm terrible? And I said, no, I don't. I don't think you're terrible at all. I think you're a very caring, wonderful human being with a lot of love for people. And he said, thank you. He said, this means a lot to me. And from that day forward, he came back to class as a different person. He really presented as a much more in the moment I'm in this class, I'm with you and participated. And one time I remember he even, it was somebody's birthday and he brought in a birthday cupcake for the person because it was his buddy. And, you know, and I thought is, you know, we just need to set ourselves free from, and, and one of the things that, that had happened to him in the VA, as he told me about it afterwards, was that they had talked about that endlessly with him. You know, he said, you're never going to bring it up again, are you? And I said, no, I'm not. And you don't need to either. 
And he said, it's such a relief, you know, to have told the truth and then to have a different perspective. And this is what we have to do, I think, with the past. The way to make this right is you don't try to pretend that bad things don't happen or that people don't do bad things or that we all haven't done things we wish we hadn't. But we have to realize that in the moment that we did it, we were acting on the information in our mind at that time and not the information we learned after the fact. And then we we create a whole story about it. But in the exact moment that things happen, we often have no clue what we're really doing. Now, one of the things that is hard for people is when in the moment what they do looks like a good idea and it's a really mean, awful thing to do to another person. And so like the guys in my violence group, that's kind of happens with them. Usually they're on drugs or whatever. But the other thing is, is that that was really pretty cool is that when we teach people about the principles, we teach people about innate health, we teach people that they're not their past, that they can be anything they want to be, that they're not the person that did that if they don't live at that level of consciousness, right? And, um, you know, one of the guys in my group who did, I don't know, 13 years in prison and was in a halfway house, and he... um, was he said I really I don't want to ever go back to prison I really want to learn how to 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 not go back and and so we were talking about um, we use the analogy as of the bowl of light is that each it's a Hawaiian story is that all children were told is that each person is born with a bowl of light and the bowl of light is what provides us with the wisdom to to show us the path in life, to uh, illuminate the area that we're walking into and to provide us with the wisdom to know what to do as we go along this path. But what happens is we start picking up rocks and the rocks are anger and insecurity and negativity and um, stress and worry and all of the insecure thinking that we do. And so the question is, as you fill up the bowl with these rocks, what happens is you stop you can't see the light anymore. So how do you get the light back? And the answer is that you huli the bowl. And huli, like huli huli chicken is like rotisserie chicken. So huli the bowl means you turn the bowl over and the light is there. And so for them, being able to see that they have that within them no matter what, and they just picked up a lot of a lot of rocks and were trying to do their life based on the rocks rather than on the light. So one of the guys, as, we, as he was listening to this, he, he said, oh, my gosh, it's so simple. All us guys, we just been, our mind has just been tricking us. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, my gosh. He said, it, that, that was just my thinking that did that. All of us guys. So, you, you know, it's kind of like that's how you – when, when people who have done, in case you have done something bad to somebody mm-hmm. and, and thought it was a good idea at the time, um, that's just because of the state of mind you were in. And keeping your mind on that keeps you at that level of consciousness. And so you tend to get caught up in stuff again at that level. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, why do I keep doing this? Why does this, why does, mm-hmm. why does this happen to me? Well, that's another way the past works is that when we stay at the same level of consciousness and we 
are still using the same old thinking and we don't know that some of that thing is not good, mm-hmm. we end up recreating the past. And that kind of brings me back to psychology, right? When in the beginning I talked about how back in the 70s, we would look at things. Well, the, the woman that came to our group just was on this new thing now that just came out about um, having flashbacks from trauma that affect the way she has relationships, right? So th- <laughs> This is this, I forget what you called it, but it's some new thing in, in the field, but it's the same old thing. And we just yeah. keep recycling things and redoing it. And that's kind of how most people live their life. Yeah, well, when you think about it, Chris, a lot of professions and psychology is one of them kind of do that because of the way we think about the past. I mean, they go back to the past to sort of pull a good idea out and then fix it up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and so, oh, that was a good idea when so-and-so thought of it in 1967, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, we should go back and maybe we can make it better this time or whatever. And I think that that's true. I, I remember, um, you know, in college, I was an English major and um, I, I used to read these journal articles, you know, you're forced to read these actually journal articles. And I remember thinking, Honestly, there's not a single article about how to create new things. Like in every journal for English, you know, for about literature and so on, there was never an article. And I didn't know anything about the principles. I was just a kid. But I, I remember having just the common sense thought, like, why don't people write articles about, like, how would you write a poetry that was really fresh and different? Or how would you, you know, what what's what's new in storytelling or something. But it, it's like it's rehashed, 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 reconsidered. Look at this again. You know, this is worth re- refreshing and, re- you know. And I think that that's a habit that's kind of ingrained in humanity because the past is the story of our life. And it's stored in our memory and it, that's in our intellect and that's where we go. We don't know about wisdom. So we go into the intellect to try to figure out what's going on. And the intellect says, well, I've seen something like that before. You know, probably it's this. <laughs> and instead of saying, you know, I want to do something totally different and new. And I don't know what it is yet. And it's okay not to know till I know. And just to have, have the quietude to be able to see something fresh. Yeah. And that, you know, that's what we're hoping for in the field of psychology, that a lot of people will you know, find the the quietude to stop and reflect and say, have we really permanently helped anybody or have we just solved problems one at a time or help people to feel a little better or given them some nice medicine or, you know, because the idea is for people to see something they've never seen before about themselves and be free from the past. Not that they forget it or they reframe it or they do anything to patch it up but because they understand it for what it is. As Sid said, a ghostly memory. Yeah. Yeah. So we've come to the end of this episode, but I'm pretty sure we're going to have a third one on memory. (laughs) Maybe a little bit about how um, our realities get created from our past without us realizing it. And how we reinforce what we thought over and over again because of the way the past works. Yeah. So we hope you'll join us for episode number three. And uh, 
hope you have a great day and please stay in the in the present moment as much as you can but be grateful you have a, a memory because you get to find your way home at the end of the day and remember how to button your jeans <laughs> That's right. That's- <laughs> take care everybody okay aloha We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com.